Okay, everyone, uh, welcome back to episode 58 of Tokyo Jazz Joints. Now, um, not to confuse anybody and, and least of all James, but this is the second part of a four-parter which took place over a roller coaster three days down in the Kansai region. And yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, second part of four, three-day trip. That's easy enough, isn't it? That was pretty smooth. Pretty, pretty smooth, Philip. It was almost if you practiced it. Um, not, not too shabby, actually. I think our listeners. You know what it sounded that. a bit like. Do you know what it sounded a bit like? It sounded a little bit like we'd recorded it once, and then my microphone had been in the wrong setting, so we'd gone back to the start and yeah, re-recorded it again. Wow, it had that feel to it, but obviously, perfect description. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's exactly what it would have sounded like if that had happened. Yeah, amazing. So anyway. We're still in Kansai and we're still on day one. So this is obviously the second of a four-parter, but for us, it's still relatively early in the day. We've already hit Jazz on Top. We've hit Dear Lord. We've hit Bud. And the next place up is Clifford. Now, there was a little controversy around Clifford. Would that be a fair comment? Well, I would say, uh, well, there's a lot more controversy coming after Clifford, but no, I would say Clifford caused us to have some consternation in the sense that um, I felt it had everything that you would identify as uh, making up a jazz kisa. And yet, for reasons that are still rather mysterious, the owner was quite clear in saying, oh, no, 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 this isn't a jazz kisa. Um, Philip, how, how would you describe, well, first of all, okay, for I think anybody listening to the program can guess the origin of the name Clifford. So, of course, it's Clifford Brown. And when you come into this small, tiny, very, very old, uh, you know, cafe, right on the wall on the right side, in a prominent place, is a, is a photographed, uh, a framed uh, album cover of Clifford Brown. So, you know, we walked in and I was thinking, okay, great. This is beautiful. This is your typical, I believe you you referred to it as being like, you know, going in a time machine. It's a, the, the couple have owned Clifford since 1983, but the, the structure predates it back to the 60s. And so we sit down, we get our coffee and a very nice piece of cheesecake I have in my notes here. That's right. The cheesecake was very good. Yeah, it was a cheesecake correct. coffee special. She was and quite proud of it too. that's not something she you said, can often say, right, about Jazz Kisa. No, no. And she was very quick to say that that's the, sort of the, the house specialty. Um, and so, you know, we sat down. We had the place to ourselves. We looked around. Again, really old. You've got the old payphone. You've got today's newspaper on the counter, which customers can just come in and read. I mean, think about that, Philip. Who reads a physical copy of a newspaper anymore in a coffee shop? Like, this is one of the only types of places you can see that. Um, yeah, so- and it felt like it felt like that neighborhood place where I would say the majority of people coming in were were locals who were known and came in for that reason. Like, I mean, you know, outside the building, like you said already, is quite an old sixties building, and you really see that because all around. Uh, are these, you know, very new, much higher, uh, modern kind of mansion apartment type uh, buildings. So it, it, and it's on this corner. So it really has this corner neighborhood diner kind of feel to it. And, and when you go in again, all the interior, the walls are all wooden and they had these really kind of strange lights, which were these 
kind of like a rectangular steel case oh, with yeah, these really I big, large, <laughs> large sort of light bulbs that like in another setting would have been very good for like interrogation. That It was that sort of style of lighting. And behind the, <laughs> the counter, which was, again, presumably the original counter, um, you know, was was the, was the old guy and then uh, his wife, both of whom were wearing masks. She was on the other side where she does the customer service. And it just had this, you know, it was almost like a film set. It had this kind of dinery film set feel. I think when we were there, maybe one customer came in, sat down at the other end of that counter. But it was it was essentially just you and I and um, and this one customer, right? And uh, in true James fashion, and which is one of those times where I think, you know, Sometimes it's nice not to be going to these places on my own because <laughs> like obviously some of the, some of the trip I'm going on my own and it's up to me to do all the, the 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 chat and the banter and then also take the photographs but on this occasion you were you were dispatched to the counter and I mean apart from the physical comedy of this enormous foreign man wearing a Nefertiti t-shirt towering over this little old Japanese woman <laughs> with a mask on and trying to explain what the hell we were doing and why and this is where the kind of slight controversy not between you and I but more between us and them came up because I think you in that spiel had mentioned something along the lines of it being a jazz kisa and the man was very quick to refute that no 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 this is not a jazz kisa and you sort of said Okay, right. Um, but um, uh, the name then Clifford is that from? And he was like, "Oh, Clifford Brown." And you're like, "Right, okay." So it's so it's named after Clifford Brown. And then you sort of turned politely to the left, well, and there's well, a wall then, full of yeah, jazz look, pictures and jazz record covers. I, I'm, I'm as we're talking, I'm looking back at some of the pictures that I snapped. And and in, in addition to the into the Clifford Brown album, you've got on the wall, and I'm not even going to read all of them because there's so many. You've got a Bill Evans album, Miles Davis, Red Garland, Coltrane on Prestige. These are all very famous jazz albums that you see in a lot of the Kisatin. Jimmy Smith, Lou Donaldson, Lee Morgan. You've got two JBL speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Two JBL speakers oh, yeah. up on the wall, mounted on the wall, um, over the door, over the entry. Okay, so everything about the place um, screams, yeah, this is a, clearly this is a jazz kisa. But and they were reasons, playing jazz, right? And they were playing jazz and serving coffee. So I think I think there was definitely enough evidence, um, you know, on our side. But, you know, trying to think about why he would say that. And, and it's, Philip, I think there might be a couple things in play. There, again, there could be this sort of regional element to it. Um, you know, I think listeners of ours who spent a lot of time in Japan or live in Japan will know that Osaka has a very, very different history and very different character to Tokyo. Um, some would say it's slightly rougher. A uh, bit of history, and certainly has that reputation even today. So, part of me might think of like, okay, th- this very kind couple—they run a neighborhood kisa. Um, again, you know, you said surrounded by like mansion apartment buildings and office buildings. So perhaps they don't want to be labeled as a jazz kisa, which has the image of perhaps being in you know the rougher night streets, the nighttime area, or shady characters, whatever. They just want to be identified as your neighborhood kisa, your neighborhood cafe, where where everybody is a regular. That's probably what he would have been thinking. But again, who knows? Maybe I'm just speculating. Well, yeah, because and, and this came up, and we'll touch on this uh, in a later joint in this episode. But this came up a few times on this trip, 
And I think it, it, it seemed to me, I mean, it, it was comical because it was like, you know, is this a jazz kisa? No. Um, is it named after Clifford Brown? Yes. Um, <laughs> is that Clifford Brown on the wall? Yes. Is it a jazz kisa? No. Uh, and and we, you just sort of in the end, I think you just decided to leave it. But there was definitely this sense that like jazz kisa carries with it a certain atmosphere that's maybe certainly darker darker in the sense of like literally darker and also you know maybe less sociable quite a heavy serious kind of atmosphere and like you say yes, i think for them yes. it was very much like a neighborhood place right it was and where people lighting, come in on their way to work to get their coffee you, and you know as you mentioned the lighting in there is i mean it was it was bright man there was very serious wattage going on with that lighting and so uh that plus the the, the regular the older gentleman came in reading the newspaper. Um, the manner of 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 the couple definitely gave it that more. Yeah, we're just a neighborhood key. So even the opening hours, because they opened really early and cl- I think they closed at four or five, which is you know. I think it was close. Yeah, you might be right. I think it was maybe four because I remember us thinking, "Oh, we need to get there." Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the photos that we have. It's three forty. Um, one of the photos that I took when we were there. So. It might have been four, um, which again, may explain, right, why. Um, I mean, they have toast and things on the menu, so it could be that it's more of a lunchtime or people on their way to work kind of place, but definitely it wasn't like, they weren't They weren't settling in for a late night uh, listening session mm. by any means. Mm. Yeah. But interesting place. And again, you know, just, you kind of wonder quite how... It's striking too. I mean, I, I, I thought the exterior of Clifford was just was just beautiful being that, you know, like you mentioned, this is in the middle of like downtown Osaka, but it's a crazy old building and it's got a really beautiful, beautiful sign out front. <laughs> just just perfect where it says Clifford both in English and in Katakana script. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a place, look, at the end of the day, the fact that we're talking about it means that we're, we're calling it a jazz, a jazz spot, even if the owner doesn't agree with us, which I think is is probably okay. I don't think. Do you think he's listening? Uh, you think he's going to listen to this episode, Philip? Or I, I probably think we're safe, right? Well, I mean, technically, it's not what you'd be putting on a jazz kisa, but then as we as we've established, it's not a jazz kisa. So the, <laughs> the one thing that the one thing that threw me actually, and I'm just looking at it now on the photos, and this is where initially I was like, hey, this has got to be, this has got to be, uh, maybe this is where the name came from, despite the evidence on the walls. But there's actually a big sticker on the coffee machine which says, oh, at the, at the, at the, the only thing I noticed at the time was Clifford Base. So I thought it was something to do with the US Army. But actually when I look at it now, it's a sticker that says, Osaka University of Arts Headquarters, Mm-hmm. Operation 50th Clifford Base. So I wonder if that is something to do with the 50th, its 50th anniversary of, which would make sense. No, 83 wouldn't be 50 years, but I don't know what that's all about, but maybe mm-hmm. it was at one point like a, a, a gathering point for students from that university or something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, the area would have changed so much because if you, if you, and I know you got shots of the exterior, you'll be able to see that, that, that this particular small building has zero in common with all of the buildings around it. You know? Yeah, it's, it's totally kind different, of like, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of those, like sometimes when you're walking in, um, in downtown Manhattan and you'll, you'll come around a corner and you'll just find a real 
old dive bar or diner that somehow survived amidst all of the rebuilding, you know? Um, sadly, rare and rare in New York, but in but in Osaka, every Japanese city, you still have a lot of them. So that's, that's sort of like the vibe of it. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if next time we're down in Osaka that it's not even open anymore. I got the feeling that the couple were pretty old and ready to probably retire or at least sell that land if they own the building. But, you know, I hope we can get back there again. And, you know, maybe next time we can dive in a little deeper or pull out the microphone and be like, so Tencho, can you tell me, why do you not consider your shop a jazz kisa? Yes. <laughs> Go Let's all 60 recap. minutes on them. <laughs> yeah, nice to see a no mobile phone sticker on the door too. Always a fan of that. Anyway, so that was Clifford. Um, still still to be resolved, was it a jazz kisa or not? We would say yes. The owner was uh, categorical in the fact that it wasn't. But anyway, uh, lovely coffee lovely piece of cake and it was just a right and a rin and around about the the right time because i think we were maybe heading to one we headed to one more place and then we took uh, a short break i think did we or maybe did we go back to the hotel or we just keep going i don't even remember now it's no, like no, no, no 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 we kept going and um sp- oh, well speaking seriously. speaking of controversy uh, I think this is uh, one of the great controversies we ever had in the Tokyo Jazz Joints adventure, Philip. We we popped into Niche. a place, and it was just about that time of the day to stop drinking coffee, at least in my case, and order a beer. Already feeling a little tired from the, from the early start. And um, it was a new joint called Long Walk. And, um, okay, I'll, I'll start this off. So walk into Long Walk, maybe not the most visually striking place, pleasant enough cafe. Um, he's got a Sarah Vaughan record playing. Uh, looks like they've got a good beer selection. He's got a lot of records around as well. I see a couple of non-jazz uh, albums out there too, some rock albums. Um, he's got a big poster from the Lounge Lizards. So we settle down, order in the first beer of the night, and Philip, you dropped the bomb. I'm not taking any pictures in here. This isn't a jazz joint. Yeah. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's there's no discussion. Defense. There's That's no discussion. Well, okay. Look, here, here's the thing, right? This place was recommended uh, by the owner of Bud, or, or at least he said, oh, you should try this place. Mm. It as, was, a new, as a new joint, yes. Yeah, and it had elements of it, right? But I would say... It's probably closer to maybe one or two of these places that are starting to spring up um, around the world uh, outside Japan. I mean, it had elements of a jazz kisa. It had, in some ways, the atmosphere of it. But I would say if you were to take records out of the equation, it wasn't necessarily particularly different to, you know, a standard kind of new trendier bar. And Although there were jazz records and he did play a couple when we were there, there was a lot of other stuff up on the wall. There were like Stones records. There was like some folk stuff. And 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 he was quite, like, it wasn't like he was masquerading. I mean, we got chatting to the owner. I don't know if you remember, he was quite a young guy and he, that he dropped his own bombshell that actually he was half British but he couldn't speak any English at all. So oh, yes, we didn't that's, really, that's we right. didn't dig into that family history yeah, much, but he yeah. said, oh, my dad, my dad's well, I remember British. He, so was, I he was definitely a unique looking guy. Um, you know, he kind of stood out. 
a bit, and and, and that also explained the gigantic Union Jack hanging on one wall by a Of course, window. yeah, I forgot about that. You yeah. don't, again, you don't usually see those in a jazz key set, but um, yeah, exactly. it's funny, going going back to the pictures, I, I, I think ultimately, Philip, yeah, that is a good description. It, it, it's similar to a lot of cafes uh, that have been opening in Japan and around the world um, where there's a lot of vinyl, a really good sound system, too. Um, maybe a little bit less on the nighttime listening bar side and more on the daytime good coffee and a lot of art books and photo books on the shelves type probably cafe. good food as well it's this kind of a you know you probably get a nice curry in there at lunch mm. or like a nice salad or you know whatever like a rice dish or something it, it was definitely that kind of place for me but you were you were not for backing down on that one i mean you were up i mean I think the yeah. thing is, is I think what it was is when I went to look more carefully at a lot of the albums that he had, and yes, he did have a lot of rock and 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 outside jazz as well, but he had some pretty deep jazz records in there too, and so that's why I was thinking, okay, this isn't just BGM where he's going to be playing, you know, Nora Jones or whatever. He's he's got like a proper record collection of jazz albums in here, and he's got the sound system. So, and it just, I mean, when we walked in, honestly, that first impression, like he's playing Sarah Vaughan, that's, that's, that's deep enough, you know? Uh, so it's funny, I, it's deep enough when it suits you. I mean, you're never done slagging <laughs> a vocal jazz, but when, when it suits your argument that it's definitely a jazz case, uh, all of a sudden he's over, <laughs> he's all over the vocal jazz. Wow. Wow. I, vocal jazz what a is climb down. jazz, even if I don't particularly enjoy it. I wouldn't say it doesn't call, come under the rubric of jazz. It's just not my Fine. Mind. Fine. But, uh, listen, I added it to my own individual list of jazz spots visited, even if we're not including it uh, in volume two of the Tokyo Jazz Joints photo book to come in, uh, what year is it? 2020, yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, it would but, be hard uh, to include it at this point because I haven't even got, I can't even find a photo. I was, must have been so outraged. I haven't even got a photo of it on my phone. There's like no evidence that I was ever there. Anyway. Um, but a nice guy and we did in Osaka stopped by there. Yeah, I really liked the place anyway. It was, it was good to have a pit stop for a beer and, and it was fun to like sort of chat about like you know oh gosh this uh, philip it's kind of strange though because this was what a 165th place we've been to and i think it's the first one where that question really came up i mean we knew the older joints would not you know cause such a such a controversy but we've been to some more you know recently open places too but i don't think we ever really maybe disagreed on them i think we always were in line at either yes or no but this one we kind of wavered on you know yeah i mean it was further than that it's way up it's higher up in the hundred 80s or somewhere around there mm. but i mean there was a there's a couple that we've been to i think in the early days that i didn't photograph uh, i can't remember the name of that one that i just felt like uh it was a couple of vagabond it had uh, quite a strange name yeah yes yeah there's yeah, a couple, couple. windjammer was another one but mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah but generally like i mean it's a case of like well okay or it's difficult to photograph or something but i think this occasion, I just felt like, you know, this this could be a slippery slope if you open the door <laughs> to this as, as being included. But we didn't fall out about it. We, we, we you know, we, we stayed friends just about and um, made a beeline for the next place, which was um, a very, very, well, in, in a strange way, kind of linked in some ways to, to this long walk place, because actually it was a very new, uh, very modern place. And... I mean, it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous bar. It was called Bar Jazz, which, you know, really does what it says on the tin. We took we took a taxi 
back into the center of town. And we, we, we went and we had some okonomiyaki. And then we wandered into the, the neighborhood called Shinsaibashi, which is probably the biggest entertainment neighborhood in all of Osaka, which means probably one of the biggest in the world. I mean, it's just a maze of wide streets, side streets, and alleyways, and just hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of places to eat and drink. And Bar Jazz is kind of in the like courtyard of a, of a, of a more recently built building. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of what more of what I meant. I think it's the courtyard feel because it's actually t- like it, it, it along two side along the whole side of the bar is like glass windows that you can mm. see out. Right. So it it has that kind of more like a sh- an actual shop feel, right, rather than mm-hmm. than a an enclosed bar. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. Definitely. And I mean, it's really funny because. It's like the polar opposite of, of, of Clifford in a way because, you know, it, it's called bar jazz. And yet when you walk in, it feels more like, yeah, I guess a little bit similar, like a nighttime version of, of, of Long Walk that we just talked about. It's, 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 got, it's one of the few places I've ever been in that's got a plentiful amount of plants, which I just mm. obviously, you know, in these days, the places, a lot of them are non-smoking, so that's probably good. Um, but it's got the big glass windows it's got the beautiful wooden l counter um and the furniture i mean i i'm not an interior decorator obviously uh how would you describe the decor decor of bar jazz though like modern i I don't know what would you call it modern natural chic it felt very it felt very organic a lot of wood a lot of plants um a lot of lamps that looks like they came from thailand you know um just just a beautiful mixture all surrounding this counter where he had a whole, again, a whole rack of records, but not the usual jazz keys of records. Um, one of the other things about bar jazz that really stuck out was how how much contemporary music. In fact, I think he was only playing contemporary releases, right? Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, I'd I'd say the interior t- to me looked. You know, if you if you kind of disregard the the bar and the the enormous collection of bottles, it almost had an apartment feel to it. Like it, it was a kind of a pretty funky kind of apartment. There's there's actually like I think what is a fridge down at one end, um, down with the speakers. Like you say, lots of plants, a couple of places to sit, cushions, tables, nice chairs, a few stacks of records here and there, um, and the roof is is got that. You know, the, the pipes are exposed, so it has that kind of loft apartment mm, feel mm-hmm, to it. So mm-hmm. it, it was a very funky place. And mm. yeah, I think the only photo that I have uh, of the records, he had a very uh, pretty sizable collection of both bottles and records. But um, the one that I took a picture of in particular was the Robert Glasper one. So he, he was playing largely largely modern tunes and quite loudly, if I remember as well. Like he wasn't skimping on the volume, but it was a, it was a, it was a couple that seemed to run it. And again, they were very friendly, interested in what we were doing. A few business cards and whatnot were exchanged, I think. And um, it just, we, we got there quite early. I'm just looking at the photos now and the, the, the timestamp is around seven. So yeah, we, we had some food and we must have got there just for opening. Cause again, it was one of those places that as soon as a few customers would come in, you'd pretty much be impossible to photograph him because you know, there just weren't that many angles, but I'm glad that we caught it just in, uh, in time because it was such a, a gorgeous, gorgeous place to, to yeah, go. Like yeah, very much like a, a modern version. On a Friday, it would be it would be it would definitely be packed. So I think that's why we had it on the list. To, let's get an early 
bit of grub in and then get there right when they open. And I, I just was pulling out their Meishi, their business card. And um, <laughs> uh, of course, it's got the address and the phone number and a QR code on one side. But the other side is just a very simple font that says Bar Jazz with a, with a, a, a simple ink drawing of a cat Holding the cat, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, definitely, yeah. it's, 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 they've definitely been very, very, um, they took a lot of care, I think, in putting together the concept uh, of the bar. And, and I remember the owner telling me a little bit about how, you know, it, it was difficult because you got people who, and we know this from Tokyo, Philip, and from people who we know all around in the scene, uh, a lot of people in the jazz scene, they would associate a jazz bar with being similar to what we just described at Clifford. You know what I mean? Or a really like kind of hoity-toity whiskey bar at night with the lights down low. So people that are very different demographics. But he was saying that, yeah, you know, when they when they came up with the, the concept for this joint, they wanted to make it a place where people could go to, say, a gig of, of somebody like Robert Clasper and then go out for drinks afterwards in a similar yeah. place with similar yeah, yeah, yeah. music. And I think in, in all of our travels around the country, that, that that's not very common, actually, in Japan. This this, this pretty strict divide between the, the generations and the types of jazz that people listen to. So finding a joint like this, it reminded me, I just remember yeah it reminded me a little bit of bar music in shibuya uh run right yeah it had that vibe definitely that same kind of vibe same kind of like you know multi-genre and multi-generational selection of tunes so um yeah i loved it i just thought it was i thought it was wonderful and and i was so happy that we got to go there i mean yeah again the name maybe not the most imaginative in the world but what are you gonna do it's definitely the least imaginative part or or least creative part about the whole setup One, one of the things that stood out to me was there was like a a black kind of silhouette type statue of actually of Jamiroquai down at one end in sort of a nod <laughs> to, right. yes, to a more modern right. era, right? On top of the yes. bridge. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. There was a little Jamiroquai, <laughs> Jamiroquai like cut out statue. And um, I was immediately drawn to the uh, to the batik pattern pillows because that's uh, one of the few things I do like to decorate with. For my so it's like many of the shirts, batik, many of the shirts yes. that you wear. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, another thing as well, just to underline that connection and, and perhaps a sense of that younger community that, you know, are doing their own thing and, and finding their own paths, but yet kind of connecting with this, you know, traditional jazz Kisa culture was they had some products from that uh, Atelier Sawano, the handmade jazz label. And actually, I don't know if you remember, they were encouraging us to go uh, over to that, I think it's called the Shinsekai district, which is like a yes. a, shoe, a shoe shop and a shoten guy where they where this label is run out of it. Now we planned to go, maybe try and make it down the next day, but we didn't unfortunately get down at the end, but they were promoting their stuff and they had some of mm-hmm. it up on display. And so you get that sense that, you know, it's not this they're not this island, you know, they're kind of connected a bit more to Mm. modern music, the modern scene and other places that are doing similar jazz related stuff, which again, bodes well for the future, right? Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, really, really happy to see it. And I know from reading comments online that they do have a lot of fans. So I would think that the next time that I'm in town there, it should stay, uh, it should still be open. So yeah, bar jazz, absolutely great. Interestingly, though, Philip, you know, we talked about all the contemporary touches, but they, they don't, they don't have their own website. When you look it up online, it's just it's basically just their Facebook page. That seems to be the only bit yeah, but of that's, like online. That's quite contemporary. That's quite contemporary, James. Oh. That's quite contemporary. That is oh. contemporary. Was that the was young that ones? Teacher, the young ones don't do well. 
the young ones don't do websites now. It's all about social media, you see. Uh, uh, thank you, Mr. Edward. Don't, don't do website. Don't do email. It's all about DMs. It's all about the social media. Oh, and that, that, that doesn't surprise me, actually. No, genuinely, because, you know, I think like a lot of places don't bother with websites because if you think where you get a lot of your information, a lot, a lot of it's shared now, it's, it's mostly done through social medias. I mean, social media mm -hmm. platforms, right? I mean, you go to websites. Yes, we do. But and I love a website. But I think now, like the, the probably the mm -hmm. traffic and the traction that you get on that is probably not mm -hmm. worth it in terms of like especially for instant updates. Like if you want to, oh, we're open late today or we're closing early or sure, this is on yeah. or whatever, you know, it seems to be done, sure. you know, so. Yeah. Well, it won't Maybe more contemporary I've, than we realize. I've not, uh, I've not utilized the QR code on the Meishi yet. So maybe I'll do that after we stop recording tonight. Have you been, have you been it. photographing it multiple times trying to work out how to do it? <laughs> so where did we head to after bar jazz then? <laughs> Stayed in Shinsai, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of, uh, Someone telling me a story about uh, finding all these QR codes on their phone, on their parents' phone during COVID because their parents had been going uh, and when they were doing things like track and trace, instead of scanning the, co the QR code, they'd just been pointing the camera at and photographing the code instead. <laughs> so it's just this album full of QR codes rather than actually uh... ever having been scanned. But anyway, well, look, where we went next was, I think, really, to me, sim like emblematic of, of the ups and downs of this project because... We were looking for a place called uh, Kunos, K-U-N-O apostrophe S. And um, we walked around to it. We, we eventually located it on one of these, like you said, one of these huge um, shop signs with, you know, like multiple units listed on it and multiple units on, on multiple floors and things like that. And when we got up, um, unfortunately, the only thing that we found was was quite a detailed sign, I must say, because I'm just looking at it now. It's, it has the opening hours. It says very clearly... Uh, Kuno's mellow sensation, um, which could be could be misread. It says disc play only, no lives, so they don't do any live music. Uh, opened in 1985, and a couple of kind of quite tantalizing pictures of the inside, which looks big, it looks quite grand, it looks really mm. nicely mm. appointed. But unfortunately, the only thing that we found was this large steel door that was closed and just had this sign on it, right? And we did not get in. Well, it, but what was interesting is, oh, so yeah, the, the the sign outside was still there, the the door was still in place with the very intricate sign in front of it, up on I guess I think it was the fourth or fifth floor of one of these buildings, and um, all the investigations online didn't show any site referring to it as being permanently closed. So we were thinking, okay, maybe we do know that there's been some places who, you know, stayed closed since the, the COVID outbreak. Um, small businesses in Japan got a little bit of aid money for about two years. And, and uh, so I know that some small establishments like just kept that and, and stayed closed or decided to retire. But w there was no sign of that. And then I remember, Philip, you know, on, on the same floor as Kunos, there seemed to be this kind of I don't know. It was very bright. It was a really bright reception area, but but it was actually a, a karaoke parlor. And I walked just down the hall, you know, to, to ask them about Kuno's. Like, hey, you know, your neighbor here, what's going on? Like, what time do they usually come? Philip, again, I might as well have been speaking like Kazakh or 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 Turkmen to these young girls, the way that they looked at me. I mean, they looked at me like I had just like sort of teleported into the room out of nowhere because it was just so shocking to them that a foreign guy would come in speaking Japanese. 
And so once, I mean, it took them a good 15 seconds to actually answer me. I thought for, I thought I wasn't communicating at all. And, and finally, I, you know, I, I said it again. I said, look, you know, we're trying to go to the jazz bar right there. Like the, the shop that is literally right next to yours, is it still open or not? And they, they was all this like consternation. And uh, anybody who spent time in Japan will know the sort of like low mumbling and rustling and like you know as if we were asking them to like crack the da vinci code or something i mean it was just at this point of the day i had no more patience for this kind of stuff i remember being extremely irritated and i wrote it down in my notes very annoying young women <laughs> but finally they they said oh um that shop next door no we haven't seen them in a while and I was like, oh, okay. So so are they closed? Are they not closed? Do deliveries come? And they were like, oh, well, we really don't know. So it's like, okay, fine. I left. And we, uh, I called the number one more time just to see if maybe, you know, there had been some mistake. Maybe I dialed the wrong one. But it, yeah, it was not connecting. So we could only conclude uh, that, that, it, that it closed down. But Philip, this was four months ago. Prepping for tonight's recording, I got online to look around. Still no notice anywhere. And usually you can find it on some of the jazz blogs or even just the city directories or Tabilog or any of these things, Hot Pepper, anywhere that lists up places to eat and drink in Japan. There's tons of resources online. And when places close, it'll come up with little hate Denmark in Chinese characters. Can't find it anywhere. So the mystery still continues. I did text a friend in Osaka to ask if he could ask around because to be honest, I really want to know what, what happened to Kuno's. Um, you mentioned that it looked very spacious inside. Not just spacious. It looked like kind of um, like a lounge. You know what I mean? With yeah, it's the quite high grand. Seats. It's yeah, quite yeah grand. grand is a yeah. great word. Yeah, yeah. So I really wanted to visit. I still want to visit, but I just, just don't know what, what, what the mystery is with, uh, with Kuno. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. I mean, this is something you, you encounter a lot in, in Japan. I think it's probably indicative of maybe the size of, of cities or also just the way that people carve out personal space and, and by sort of blocking out what's around them. Because it's not uncommon, say, to go into like a neighborhood convenience store in many cases and ask directions and no one can tell you. And often that's because, <laughs> you know, the, the people working there maybe not from that neighborhood and obviously it's japan uh, tokyo for example is a very is, a, is an enormous enormous city it doesn't have a layout in terms of like street names and street uh, and numbers in that same way so it can be confusing but again it just is amazing to me that like in you know possibly months or longer that people have been working right next door to this place like no one has either thought i wonder if that's closed permanently or seen mm. any activity or even I mean, even you know to say to you even oh you actually a few other people were in asking the same thing or something so mm. we, there was just no more we got no more sense of you know how long it's been closed whether it's mm. really closed or not like from asking people who probably have the most access to to that front yeah, door other I than mean, there was there was one elevator one small hallway. So you would have to, to go to the karaoke shop, you'd have to pass this kunos every single time, yeah, yeah, twice yeah. a day at least, right? So you've seen nothing, you've heard nothing. There's not even a delivery person or a real estate person. Oh, Philip, Tokyo Jazz Joints flashback. Do you remember in Yokohama when we were looking for the, another mysterious place, Little John, which never seemed to be open? And we asked at the kind of restaurant downstairs, Little John. Oh, yes, below yes, it. yes, yeah. <laughs> They gave us like such an attitude about it. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember that. God, that's a that that is a throwback. Um, well, look, um, perhaps if there's anyone listening that you know, if, if we have any listeners in Osaka and this rings any bells to you, have heard anything, or you even want to take a wander around some evening if you're in that area, uh, let us know. It'd be great to 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 kind of solve that mystery. But um, we have nothing at the moment other than a photograph of the door. Um, and uh, after that, I think possibly to assuage your irritation or possibly just because it was the end of quite a long day at around uh half seven or eight we ended up in bird 56 now we're probably not going to dwell too long on bird 56 because we have uh, referenced it a few times and obviously more recently um the sad passing of natori-san the owner but uh i think in hindsight what a what a way to finish the day and what a chance uh for not us not only us to go together but just to to kind of wrap up the day in 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 the correct fashion there's a couple of things that stood out to me you know just beyond the amazing place that bird 56 well, one, f- food before before you say that there's we we almost didn't go because i remember saying something like oh well you know we can we can hit that we're here for a few nights we don't have to hit it tonight if you're tired maybe we'll go somewhere else and i could easily imagine us not getting there and then having this horrible news. So I'm really, really happy that we we did get the chance to go in. And it was fairly quiet, well, uh, maybe a little bit when we first got in, about half an hour. Then it got a little more crowded, um, including uh, I think you made a new friend as well at the bar. Do you remember? It got a little boisterous, but um, there was a, there was a, a man who will be ever forever enshrined on the Instagram stories um, who was sat at the bar, an older gentleman with a, a very um, – full head of gray hair slicked back and a jacket that read and i quote create your lifestyle live for the moment hot scoop and that was the hot scoop of the night um another hot scoop of the evening actually was uh, just by pure uh, just one of those you know lovely kind of coincidences and weird little things that we tend to come across on this mad journey is um a while back when i moved to belfast i met um uh, a couple called John and Mary Alice. Uh, John's from Belfast. Mary Alice is from the States. And they obviously, for some reason, are listeners of your podcast. And uh, <laughs> I think when they'd been out in ja- Japan previously, they had bought, uh, they had, they had met you. And when I got back to Belfast, um, Mary Alice had contacted me to buy uh, a, a print from the Tokyo Jazz Joints Project of Bird 56, which is obviously the place that one of the places that they had gone when they visited Japan themselves. And just by pure coincidence, the table that we sat down on, which was a new addition since we had both previously been there, there was a uh, a wall where people had started to kind of sign their names and sign the date that they'd been in in um, in Bird Fifty Six, and it took me a moment to focus in, but just randomly on the beside me, I suddenly focused in. It was like I saw the word Belfast, and I was like, "Oh wow, Belfast!" And then, of course, up above it was Mary Alice and John, and they'd been there on the twentieth of June, twenty nineteen. So it's just one of those mad little sort of uh, Easter egg things again that you know we tend to stumble on now and again, and um, in in all these different layers of experiences in the jazz. And next to that actually was another thing, and you might know more about this, but I noticed a flyer that was stuck up there that was called the Lockdown Jazz Kisa Festival. Next to it was a really, uh, really nice sticker, which I'm glad I only photographed, but perhaps in hindsight of what's happened to Bird 56 as well, I... I wish I'd asked if there was any spare because it's a gorgeous sticker called Save the Jazz Kisa. I don't know if you remember that sticker. You were you, you, you were a few beers in that by that point, but it just says on the left of it, Treasure of Jazz Kisa 2020. Do you know anything about that festival or I, the stickers or anything not, like that? That must, that must be a Kansai 
West Japan thing because it's not something I'd heard about. It doesn't doesn't ring a bell at all. Um, it, it I mean, if if you if it's 2020, I mean, it could be because you remember by the end of 2020 here in Japan. Um, now it wasn't. We say lockdown. It wasn't really government mandated. It was more voluntary. But but in any case, a lot of smaller shops did really start to feel the pinch by the end of 2020. So it's very likely that there could have been a group of supporters and fans and owners coming together to maybe do some events. I mean, I remember a lot of a lot of places here in the Tokyo and Yokohama area, they, they either did live streams or um, they started selling goods, merchandise, t-shirts, um, uh, you know, Downbeat, Eagle, uh, Candy. They all started selling t-shirts and things like that. So there were in initiatives to like come together, and that's probably what that would be. But it's it's just not one that I remember. Yeah, it says actually it's 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 um it's actually sponsored by Way Out West. The ticket um, I know the ticket hasn't been used or it hasn't had the little shit at the bottom ripped off it, but um, it is uh, sponsored by Way Out West. So it must have been an initiative by them at the time. Oh, to- okay. That get makes some sort sense. of yeah. I don't know how to. Uh, I don't know. Maybe to get some money in, into the jazz kisa somehow or something. Like you say, there wasn't that same lockdown where that that we experienced in other countries where we simply couldn't. Um, we couldn't. You know, nothing was open, right? So you couldn't really do anything other than being online. But uh, yeah, just oh, that was an interesting okay, thing. Okay, that 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 uh, that logo you just sent me makes sense because that's definitely the same artwork of the Way Out West uh, jazz. Pam- what would you call it, Way Out West? It's a jazz pamphlet, or it's like a, a monthly. Yeah. A monthly small free magazine that 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 uh, documents the jazz scene in Western Japan. So gigs, album releases, um, jazz kisa profiles, etc. Um, so yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the same guy doing the artwork. So yeah, that, yeah, it's, his name is Takao Fujioka, and actually, oh, Fujioka-san, yes, of course, yeah, of course. and he is um, obviously we we mentioned him previously because he has um, quite a few. Um, uh, there's quite a few of his prints are up in the beautiful Paragonian that we mentioned. And funny enough, looking on Takao Fujioka-san's, uh, on his Instagram, uh, I noticed not not too long ago he was at Jazz, uh, he was at uh, Bud House. So there you go. It's all connected. Oh, nice. <laughs> Great. It's all Great. connected. Yeah. So listen, um, that was the end of a very long day. And uh, I do have a little sound clip that that we took on the way back. I sound like I've smoked about, hundred cigarettes that day i was i was too i was i was feeling pretty rough if you remember i had like some serious sinus thing going on but it was a pretty mm. intense full-on day but uh very rewarding i would say apart from really the disappointment of of kunos um it was it was a it was a fabulous uh day and very successful day one of a day three trip wouldn't you say Oh, I mean, it was it was amazing, and you know, especially because I think it worked out really good too, Philip. Because you even we've documented on I think three or four episodes back now, but you know, you had a real perilous journey just to get to Japan, well delayed, and then you know, we had our reunion the next morning. You were straight up to Tohoku, um, so by the time we got down to Osaka, you were I mean, you were still feeling the effects of a little bit of jet lag and travel, but but definitely the energy was back up, and so we were able to hit the ground running and. And um, yeah, it was an absolutely fantastic day. I remember thinking, getting back to the hotel, like, wow, how many joints did we visit today? Was it, was it five, six, seven? <laughs> you know, if you count the one that was closed. This morning. 10 o'clock, a bit earlier than expected. Long day. <laughs> I've developed a cough, which is a combination of 
jet lag, hay fever, and a lot of smoke in Bird 56. What a way to finish. Thoughts? Thoughts? I'm enjoying my uh, non-train beer beer on the way back to the hotel. Yep. Ibis budget. I'm Lovely. assuming our room will be about the size of my closet. That's my nice. So it'll be clean. It'll be clean. Clean and lovely. Ready for a shower and some basketball updates and um, <laughs> oh yeah, big uh, a big Twitter poll coming soon because uh, a lot of controversy today about what is or is not a jazz bar. Everybody's going to be on the edge of their seat for that one. Thrilling stuff. And uh, thrilling stuff. Yeah, just in case you didn't have enough of uh, middle-aged men wandering through the streets of Osaka, looking at jazz bars and taking inappropriate pictures. I mean, if you haven't had enough. Uh, this is only day one, so, you know, there's a bit more to come. Stay tuned. Don't forget, everyone, get your love tea ready. I mean, that's a great start to the trip. And, um, you know, obviously, we still have a lot more to come. Um, now, tell me again, this is episode part one of a four-day, three-part, last. two-day trip, something like that. Right. Just to be clear, this is part two of a far, four, four, far. This is part two of a four-parter, and I think what we should maybe do is wrap it up there and we'll try as best as we can to stick to the days, I think. So that was day one and that was the two parts that took us. You, you rightly said, including the one that was closed, it was actually eight places that day. And the following day, then we set out. Was it, was uh, for, it eight really? It was, yeah. And we set Jazz out the following day for... Jazz on Top, Bud House, Dear Lord, Clifford, Long Walk, Bar Jazz, Kunos and Bird. Is that eight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's eight, right. Yeah. And we, we forgot to mention the very tasty local uh, Okonomiyaki delicacy. We snuck in as well. You've got to eat that when exactly, you're down yeah. in Osaka. I'm surprised, you so, didn't, I'm surprised you didn't make me photograph that because they might have played a jazz song at one point. So now that's a jazz <laughs> kisa as well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So listen, we're going to wrap up there. And uh, in the next episode, we're going to pick it up on day two. Day two, we headed out to Kobe, which is not a huge distance from Osaka. Uh, and it felt like in that particular day, it felt like we were in about three or four very, very different places on account of a couple of train rides and a, and a very eventful bus ride, if you remember. So uh, oh, that might be a nice way to pick of, it up. Uh, speaking of cigarettes, whew. Well, we'll get to that in the next episode. <laughs> exactly. Well, listen, um, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, it's great to relive these memories and it's great to also share it with so many people. Thanks as ever for supporting and listening to our ramblings. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks time with episode 59. Uh, and in the meantime, James, um, go crack another beer. Enjoy that heat. It's actually sunny here today. So, you know, well, I'm you know experiencing actually, a little it's, bit. Of... Um, I got an early start tomorrow. So um, I'm still supporting um, local business here. I've got an Orion, the great Okinawan brewery, but I'm drinking an Orion clear free. It's uh, zero would have thought it. alcohol. Yes. Yeah, so thought it. Philip, you put a little bit of lime juice in there and you can almost convince yourself you're drinking a Dosakis or a Modelo. So it's, it's not. Not too bad. <laughs> All sponsorship welcome. Right, James, <laughs> I'll Take talk to you soon. All you the bet. best. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.